Welcome to another episode of Midweek Meditation on the FPO Podcast, a weekly devotional podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Obelika. Each week, we take a look at one of the passages from the FPO Bible Reading Plan and have a devotional conversation about what God is teaching us in it and how to apply it in our lives. For more information on how to join us as we engage the Bible together, please visit firstpresopelika.org. Hey there, FPO family, and welcome again to this week's episode of our midweek meditation. Uh, James and I are here, and today we are going to close out our discussions on the book of Revelation. It's been uh, fun. It has been fun. I have really enjoyed it. And a uh, potential little teaser here, don't, uh, don't quote us on this, but James and I are talking about maybe potentially even... Uh, doing some supplemental episodes on the book of Revelation. Extra credit. Extra credit, special episodes. Tell all your friends and family. Uh, maybe just diving into uh, some of the other unique things we see in the book of Revelation. And all you have to do is subscribe. All you have to do is subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> no subscription necessary. Uh, that will be free to our, uh, you know, our, our listeners. Um, but today we are going to end our conversation in Revelation, where Revelation itself and where the Bible uh, ends this conversation with this great picture of glory that we get, uh, the new heavens and the new earth in Revelation chapter 21. Uh, It's a familiar passage to many of us if we've spent any time in church. Jesus, or, or John rather, uh, I guess from Jesus, we can say Jesus, uh, gives us this picture of the new heaven and the new earth coming down out mm-hmm. of heaven. Um, you know, the new Jerusalem coming down, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And we could get underneath some of the imagery of that, of Jerusalem being the people of God. You know, uh, we get this great picture of, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. We're told that God's going to wipe away every tear. You know, sin and sadness and mourning and crying and death and pain are all going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this verse uh, that we often, you know, as we're reading this passage, we stop when we get to verse 6 a lot of times. Uh, where, you know, uh, the one who conquers, you know, you know, what does he say in verse 6? He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And we're like, yes, yes, I'm thirsty. And then John, using some of the same language that he's used throughout Revelation, says the one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Mm. And it's just a reminder that Jesus's intention through John and giving this letter to the church is to equip them on their sojourning in this life until the day when they make it to this picture that we're seeing here. And this idea that the one who conquers, this will be his heritage. This glory belongs to those who by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit endure to the end. And so, James, as you've just been reflecting on this idea of uh, this end of glory, mm-hmm. uh, how has that encouraged your heart? I think 
one of the wonderful things about Revelation. One of the awesome reasons to read it, you start and you're hearing these letters from Jesus and then you get this picture in Revelation 4 and 5 of the throne room of God right now and you're going through and then you hit all of the troubles of the world. Mm. And every once in a while you are brought to the end of one of these cycles we've been talking about and you're given this picture of glory in heaven and the second coming and eternity and you're like, yes. And then you're brought back in and and you see again like another picture of time on this earth. And it's like, mm, I don't love that. It's not great. Yeah, the get, images get increasingly big and scary. Yeah, but in response to those increasingly scary images, the pictures of glory get increasingly greater. Mm. So that when we end in Revelation 21, we get the most the grandest and the most beautiful and the all-consuming and all-encompassing awe-inspiring picture of eternity where John lays out the adornment of the new Jerusalem, the the fact that God himself will be in our presence and the rivers of life of Eden mm. will flow from his throne room, that we will drink of the springs of life. And then what we just read in verse 7, we've seen throughout the whole Bible that I will be your God and you will be my people. And we're like, yes, yes. And then he says, and I will be your God and you will be my son. Mm. Right. This ever increasing picture of glory brings us to the place where God the Father looks at us and says, yes, you are united to Christ my son and you, you're my children. Mm. I'm your father and I love you and you are my son. You are my child mm. we get to enjoy the love of god not as a judge not as the one who has judged all of the sin in rebel no we see him as a loving father forever mm. yeah just you know as you were talking about as the pictures of the hardship of life have increased in each cycle throughout revelation the pictures of glory have increased and you know, that idea here where uh, the idea of being somebody's son is infinitely more intimate than just belonging to a people. Yeah. And so God now, because time has ended, uh, because Christ has returned and brought judgment, we're in a sense ushered into a, a higher relationship with the Lord, fully free from sin, belonging to him completely. Just as he said over Jesus at his baptism, this is my beloved son. Yes. He he says now in one sense to us, but will say definitively to us one day, um, you are my son, mm -hmm. just as Jesus Christ is my son. We're in perfect relationship with the Father. And the thing that really encourages me from this passage is um, I know uh, as I've walked through hard seasons of my life or just difficult seasons, whether it was in athletics, trying to get through hard things to reach a goal, or whether it's been walking through various levels of suffering and difficulty in my life, fixing your eyes on uh, where you're trying to land at the end is always really helpful. Yeah. Uh, when you're navigating a storm, it's like, okay, stay the course. We know where we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just keep marching in that direction. 
And the book of Revelation has given us those little signposts along the way. But to your point, this is the biggest, most glorious picture of where we're going. Mm -hmm. The end of our story is this, Mm -hmm. of dwelling with God, of his dwelling being in in our midst, of him wiping away every tear from our eyes, of death being no more, no mourning, no crying, no pain, all things being made new. Uh, Those are the very things that throughout Revelation, John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, has said is going to be our experience in this world Mm -hmm. that's going to make walking in this world hard. (laughs) There's going to be tears. And there's going to be death. There's going to be mourning. There's going to be crying. There's going to be pain. These are not just ethereal, hypothetical things. Mm-hmm. These are the things of our physical life. Yeah. And anybody that's not walking through these things probably has their head in the sand or that storm is coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, welcome to life. Pain and crying and mourning and sickness and death and That's what John has been saying is going to be so hard about this life. Mm -hmm. And it's these very things that John lists one by one uh, that Jesus is going to put to death fully. Mm -hmm. So that our story, the the map dot out there in the future is there's a day coming. There's a place coming. There's an experience coming that will be fundamentally different than what life in this world is like. Everything bad will be removed and in its place will be everything you actually long for, which is belonging and peace Mm -hmm. and comfort and And, rest and and feasting and feasting and, you know, know, satisfaction from the river of living water. Like it's this great picture of the ultimate reversal of sin and death. And Mm -hmm. I know for me, and, and what John's point is, is that, Whatever it takes to make it to that day mm-hmm. is worth it. Yeah. You know, we've mm. seen throughout this refrain, the one who endures, the one who endures, the one who endures. Here's a call for endurance. Here's a call for endurance. Yeah. It's almost kind of like, man, John's really about this whole endurance thing. Yeah. And he's like, yes, because I want you to make it to this day. Because mm-hmm. when you get there, as Paul said in Romans chapter 8, uh, the sufferings of this present time, are light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that will be revealed on that day. And it makes sense, right? John saw it. John was given this picture with his eyes. And so it makes sense for him to see, like, if you could just see what I saw, you would endure. Mm -hmm. If you could just see it, you would know that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It is worth it to endure. Don't give up. Don't forsake Christ. Hold on. Something's better is coming. Mm. And the, that's the beauty of Revel- The reason it's so vivid is because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to say, I saw it. This is what it was like. Mm-hmm. Hold on to these words just as I saw it. And you will get this picture and this encouragement to hold mm-hmm. on. Yeah, and you've made this point a few times in our conversations, which have been very helpful which is we see all these images and what we've got to do is say, okay, where else in Scripture is talking about this, maybe in a way that helps me understand this. Mm -hmm. And so here we got this very vivid picture, and it draws to mind the call throughout the New Testament to set our mind on things above, not on things that are on earth, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to set our mind in heaven where Christ is, Mm -hmm. seated at the right hand of God. And that's the practical way of saying, how does this help us? 
we live our lives here in light of the reality that Jesus says is the ultimate reality that's coming our way. That's the only way to live well here Mm -hmm. and not to be crushed under the despair and the hopelessness of a world that is full of pain and brokenness and crying and all of these things. It's to say, oh, wow, there's a day coming when all those things will be set aside. So I can endure. Mm-hmm. That's often the hardest part of walking through hard seasons is when is this going to end? Yeah. Is the storm going to end? Mm-hmm. And you grow hopeless as you keep looking at the radar and more and more rain is coming your way. And there's a sense in which, uh, John, you know, to use the meteorology analogy is like, hey, it's it's rainy today on Tuesday, but the weekend is looking really nice. <laughs> There's sunshine coming. Uh, so just endure now because it's going to be better. Mm. And that, that's what he's doing. Endure now because it's going to be better. Tell me a little bit, you know, you were just making the observation, which I thought was a, a good one, that so many of our favorite songs and yeah. hymns uh, they carry this same theme mm-hmm. of talking about the trials and tribulations of life, uh, but ending with this affirmation of future glory. Just tell me about some of those observations you made. Yeah, I think even probably because we've been reading Revelation, the Lord has just really been helping me to see just singing in church how many of our hymns start with, okay, Yes, we're here with the Lord. We're singing together. We're in church. But then they meet us in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. They explain and describe in words better than I could ever have for myself about what I'm going through. And then so many of these hymns pivot and point us to eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, we were singing For All the Saints a few weeks ago. And For All the Saints, which is about... Uh, those saints who have gone before and who have made it faithful to the end, mm-hmm. right? It, it's got three verses pointing the rest of us who are still here towards glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've got the lyrics here in uh, verse four. We've got after all of the fighting and enduring and waiting, it, it says, the golden evening brightens in the west. Soon, soon to the faithful warriors comes their rest. Verse 5, But lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The king of glory passes on his way. Right, we You see the king of glory. We're there with him. He's mm-hmm. walking by and we are praising him. And then it ends with this, universal scope of from earth's wide bounds from oceans farthest coast through gates of pearl streams in the countless host mm-hmm. right that's where we're going mm-hmm. we are going to go into this wonderful new jerusalem we are going to be with the lord and even just by singing these hymns together we get to remind ourselves and the other people at church with us mm-hmm this is what we're going to. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I know in my own experience how so often uh, my own heart is warmed and encouraged by the reminders of these songs. Yeah. And there's one very real sense where that's exactly what John is doing in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, 
he's written a 22 chapter hymn for us. <laughs> it's just very vivid. And there's a lot of imagery in there that's harder to get behind and understand. But his point is that it does the same thing that these hymns do. They meet us in our reality with honesty. That's one of the things the Christian faith does mm -hmm. is it acknowledges the reality of human existence. Yes. It doesn't sugarcoat anything. Nope. It pulls the band-aids off and says, this is bad and probably worse than you even think. Mm -hmm. But it ends with this glory that's meant to warm our hearts as we're going. Yeah. Um, and, and it does that. And so for us, as we fix our eyes on that great day, you know, even just thinking about the conversations we've been having throughout the Gospel of Mark over the last month or two of Jesus talking about the coming days and uh, causing us to be prepared and to stand guard and be ready for that great day. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, on one level, we just got to immerse ourselves in the reminder that that's where this thing is going. Yeah. And Jesus warms our heart as we do that. So we hope that our uh, very shallow dive into the book of Revelation over the last month or so has been helpful. And we hope that it's made uh, this letter of encouragement and hope more accessible to us and more practical to us. Uh, we hope that in the days ahead, you experience exactly what Jesus intends as we read about our future and glory, for your heart to be warmed, uh, for your faithfulness and your endurance to be strengthened so that uh, whatever comes today or tomorrow or this week with your eyes fixed on that day, you endure to the end and experience what we hear in Jesus's famous parable, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. We love you guys, and we look forward to being together again next week.